let's clean up. Come on, it's time Everybody to clean up and spring clean up. Come on. Everybody clean up. Yay! Clean it's time up. to clean up uh, for spring. Hello, everybody. How you doing? We're going to talk a lot today about cleaning up. We've been talking over the past couple days. Nice weather. You want to clean up around the house. You want to clean up in the backyard. Oh, the poop. The poop in the backyard. Christian O'Mell, Global News Report, Christian O'Mell. Uh, actually, he is our quirky affairs uh, correspondent. He went and hung out yesterday with one of the companies that cleans up the poop in people's backyards. And so we'll have that story for you. Also, after Global News at 1.30, Cheryl Anderson, the acting manager of City Street Maintenance. We're going to talk with her about the city's spring cleanup. Can I just mention quickly a text message I just got from Bill before I went on the air, and it put a smile on my face. <laughs> Bill says, Hal, one good thing about the potholes, it registers steps on my Fitbit. <laughs> well, I'm glad it do- they don't count, though, Bill. I mean, yes, they're there, and they're, but they don't count. A pothole is not a step or two or ten. doesn't work that way. But I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the text message. It put a smile on my face. Rob Carver, of course, Winnipeg Police Service. You hear him on the air here quite a bit. I uh, am going to talk with him about Whiteout Way, the big party tomorrow night. As we learned yesterday, it is expanding. And, of course, tomorrow is also 420. Man. Dude. So what happens? Are they going to keep the 420 party over at the ledge? Is there a chance that they might move some of that 420 party over to Whiteout Way? Mm-hmm. I'm a little, I don't know. Rob Carver will weigh in on that at about 1.45, about quarter to two. Right after the news at 2 o'clock. Tough trivia. Your chance at a $100 gift card for Kitchens today. And with that gift card, we'll qualify you to win Hal's Kitchen. We've done this before. We're doing it again. What's Hal's Kitchen? Well, Hal's Kitchen is a $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens Today. So we'll do that after 2. Also after 2, at about 2.15, we'll talk to Evan Fogg. He's over at Lux Barbecue. Yesterday talking with Canada's barbecue champ. Got me thinking about barbecues and smokers. And so we'll talk to Evan at about 2.15 today. Find out what's new in the world of barbecues and smokers. And then Carolyn Klassen will join us from 2.30 to 3. We're going to talk about Thank you notes. They're not as common now as they once were. Are they like kind of like the dodo bird? They're done? Or is it a good idea? I'll tell you, even just when I get real mail, not email or text messages, but real mail, when I get a note, for example, my friend Donna Cook out in Selkirk, who calls in usually to the weekend show. She sometimes calls into this show. She sent me a birthday card because it's my birthday coming up. And she sent me a little card with my picture on the front. It was very nice. I got that in the mail. It was exciting, you know? But when's the last time you got a thank you card? I'll bet you it's been a while. So we'll talk about thank you cards with Carolyn Klassen and also workplace and environmental anxiety. What the heck is environmental anxiety? We'll find out. Carolyn Klassen from 2.30 to 3 today. And uh, I've got this stuff in the 3 o'clock hour, but we may move it up. Wade Miller, president and CEO of the Bombers, was on with Macklin and McGarry this morning. A $2.8 million profit last year for the Bombers. Way to go. Good year on the books as well. Uh, But like I said, we may move that up. 
And uh, also coming up after 3 o'clock, Dr. Mary Jane Seeger. She is the medical director of women's health at the WRHA. More C-sections are happening. Why is that? Manitoba, I'll give you all the details later on, but Manitoba, by the way, has the fewest C-sections in the entire country, Manitoba and Saskatchewan. All the numbers, the full story coming up, and then uh, we'll talk to Dr. Mary Jane Seeger. All right? So as you can see, we have lots to get who, uh, get to today here, and um, of course, a bunch of other stuff that I'll uh, kind of jam in wherever I can. I do want to mention this early. I, I, lately, I've been mentioning at the end of the show, and by then, the day is almost over. So I will tell you right up front that today is... Bicycle Day. Bicycle Day today. It's Get to Know Your Customers Day today, all you business people out there. It's Ask an Atheist Day today. Well, you don't ask them if there's a God, for sure, because I know the answer already. But it's Ask an Atheist Day. It is Garlic Day today. Love garlic. Love, 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 love garlic. Hanging Out Day today. It's also High Five Day today, Stress Awareness Day, and it's Oklahoma City Bombing Commemoration Day today. Can you believe that that horrible explosion happened, uh, let me just check the date here. That horrible explosion, that truck that exploded outside that federal building in Oklahoma City, that's 1995. That's 23 years ago on this day, killing 168 people and injuring hundreds more. Remember it like it was yesterday. 110, we'll take a break. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. And at 114, we're going to talk about dog poop. Yeah. Can't play in the grass this time because some dog owner left poo behind. It's the poop song. No, it's not fair. Especially since there's a trash can right over there. Pick up after your dog. Don't want to see smell or step on any logs. How hard can it be to pick up your dog today? Come on, we can win this. Remove your pooch's business. Use a bag or scoop. Get rid of the dog's poop. Pick up after your dog. Don't want to see smell or step on any It's important that you uh, pick up your dog poop, especially if you're out in a boat. But what about all that dog poop in the backyard? That's the worst, right? Especially this time of the year, too, because usually most people uh, through the winter, they just kind of let the dog go and ah, we'll deal with it in the spring, right? Well, it's time to start cleaning up, right? The nice weather is here, spring cleaning time, including that poop in your backyard. Our Christian O'Mell spent the day yesterday with a company that'll do the job for you. It's business. It's business time. In the endless debate of cats versus dogs, one point often argued by feline fanciers is, hey, we don't have to let cats outside to do their business. 
You can just leave them all day and not have to worry. Uh, Louie, why'd you poop beside the litter box? It's right there. Unless you figure out how to toilet train your dog, you'll be letting them outside. You could go clean it yourself, or you could call one of the various poop scooping companies that are getting a lot of calls right now in Winnipeg. Hero Winnipeg or Scoopy-Doo. And the Pooh Crew. My name is Daniel Dement. I'm the founder and I'm the manager. The, the king of the Pooh Crew? Yeah, I'm the, yeah, I'm the king of the I okay. might say. Okay. I don't know if you can say that on radio. You can't. Daniel started his company so in Regina and opened up shop in Winnipeg a few years ago. They do offer year-round cleaning and weekly cleaning, but their most popular service is the one-time clean. Right now is their peak. They've got 8 to 12 crews out cleaning over 100 yards in a day. And they're just getting started. This has been a really late spring start. I typically anticipate probably six or eight weeks. We're probably just at the start of that. They have about 30 employees, including expert scooper Quinn. How do you say your last name? Sklepowicz. It's a little bit of a tongue twister name. Thanks. Quinn is about to turn 20 and has been doing this for two years cleaning up to 15 yards a day at peak times. Quinn says the job is great if you love dogs. We see all different kinds of amazing, like show dogs, big St. Bernards, Great Danes. It's a wonderful thing getting to know uh, people's dogs and stuff. And their poop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is an overcast Wednesday in St. Patel, and we're at, well, someone's house. It's a weekly customer, so there's not an overwhelming amount of poop, but time to get down to business with the cutting-edge technology of a bucket and a shovel. They make sure to spray everything down, including their boots, with disinfectant so they don't track any diseases from yard to yard. Into the backyard we go. Quinn has work boots and coveralls and he's ready to go. He's getting the stuff that's stuck in, that's in the snow, uh, stuff that's stuck in ice. If you're scooping at home, you don't want to get stuff that's stuck in ice or underneath water. Poop is 80% water. You're just going to make a bigger mess. We want to do the best job possible. And sometimes in this early spring, uh, it's best for us to let them know that it, it to, in order to do a proper and efficient job that we wait until uh, enough ice melts so that we don't have to chip at it. It's a much faster, more efficient process. Like this one here is a good example. It's quite, quite frozen and ice. It could, we could potentially get it out with a glove, but you know, if, if you break it, you don't want to break the structure of it because then you, you get the, the bottom level and then it turns into what we call poop soup and it's not any cleaner than what we did before. We report this and then save it for the next week. So Quinn, what's the learning curve of becoming a poop scooper? Oh, well, I think the, the, the biggest learning curve <laughs> is speed. It's a lot like cooking. Focus on the technique first, speed comes second. How would you rate your scooping ability? Oh, well, you know, I think, uh, boy, that's... Uh, Are you the best scooper in the company? Toot my own horn, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'd have to say so. Turns out when you're putting up with this amount of crap all day, you learn a lot. How to identify what is a dog's diet based on how the poop looks. If it's really like chalky and breaks apart, you could tell it's a raw diet or if it's different colors. That's also information that we have available for the client if they're concerned like, oh, hey, I think my dog is having some intestinal issues. We're curious about how his poop is looking and we have that information. So after doing one more once over the yard, we were done. Quick in and out, on to the next one. The poop scoopers care about their craft, for sure. It's their duty, but you gotta have some fun with it. What does your shirt say? Police. Did you get the pun in that one? It's the bomb squad. Doggy oh. Bombs. oh yeah, he's got a riot shield. Or, um, holy sh It's a poop with, with wings. We have poop-ons. Oh my God. <laughs> my favorite, Inspector Jacques Pousseau. <laughs> Christian O'Mel, Global News. Thank you very much, Christian. Great job. Yeah, um, I will just say uh, I don't have them cleaning my yard now, but I will say that Tracy and everybody over at Scoopy Poo used to, used to do my place, 
and they did a great job when I had two dogs. We have one dog now, and the one dog left is, is the smaller dog, so we find that it's not a big deal. But it is a great service because it's kind of a yucky job, right? It's a, you know what kind of job it is, yeah, as we continue with the puns. Something I noticed, though, Buddy there said he was the top beep, right? In a business like that, shouldn't the leader be the number two guy? Where's the where's the rim shot? No rim shot, eh? Okay. All right. Well, guess it didn't warn a rim shot. Anyhow, thanks, Christian, uh, for doing that. Uh, by the way, coming up after Global News here at 1.30, we're going to talk to Cheryl Anderson, the acting manager of City Street Maintenance, and uh, we'll find out from her about the city's spring cleanup plans. We had uh, Tom Ethans on yesterday from Take Pride Winnipeg. It definitely is that time of the year where you, uh, you know, you want to clean up, right? Just you get sort of a... I'll, I'll be honest with you, you, you kind of just get sort of excited about being outside and doing stuff, and there's a bit of a, you know, skipping your step, as they say. Anyhow, nice time of the year, great time of the year. Also coming up after the news, Rob Carver, Winnipeg Police Service, and we'll talk to him about the big whiteout street party, 420 celebrations tomorrow. Uh, is it possible that there could be a big white cloud over top of whiteout way? Hmm? We'll talk to Rob Carver about that from the Winnipeg Police Service next half hour, along with Cheryl Anderson, Acting Manager of City Street Maintenance. And we're going to talk barbecues today, Evan, over at uh, Lux Barbecue. Also coming up in uh, just over half an hour from now, your chance to win a $100 gift card from Kitchens Today and qualify for Hal's Kitchen, which is a $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens Today. Um, I just want to quickly touch on the RCMP news conference that was held today about the humble bus crash. Basically, uh, it was, I think, their opportunity to get out there and, and tell the media and everybody wondering that the investigation continues. Uh, because we didn't learn too much today. They did uh, tell us, though, what they could. And here is what the RCMP is able to tell us about the investigation at this point. And and let's face it, uh, I know people weighed in on Jeff's show on this. I say get it all figured out before you tell us anything. That's just my opinion. You know, this was horrible. It was a tragic event. But I think you have to dot every I and cross every T on this investigation before you come out and say, here's what happened. Because I think if it comes out in dribs and drabs... It's it's not uh, so I get it. I think the RCMP are absolutely doing the right thing here. Here's what the other than to say that this could go on for weeks and months and that they're using, you know, a lot of manpower, a lot of person power, a, a lot of technology to try to get to the bottom of things. Here's what the RCMP was able to say about the tragedy today. Listen, at this time, investigators know that at approximately 5 p.m. on April 6th, the tractor-trailer unit was traveling westbound on Highway 335 and the bus traveling northbound on Highway 35, a thoroughfare, when the collision occurred. The preliminary investigation has determined that the tractor-trailer unit was in the intersection at the time of the collision and I can assure you that all of our efforts are dedicated to determining why the tractor-trailer unit was in the intersection. We know the road conditions were clear and the sun was shining at the time of the collision. 
as it pertains to the driver of the tractor-trailer unit. The driver was taken into custody immediately after the collision and released later that evening. The tractor-trailer unit driver remains in regular contact with our officers. As you've heard this morning, the investigation is still in the evidence recovery and collection stage. No charges have been laid in relation to this collision. There is still a lot of work to be done interpreting and analyzing all of the information gathered. By the way, that is Saskatchewan RCMP Assistant Commissioner Curtis Zablocki. And they are actually at that intersection today doing some reenactment. They've closed it off and they have uh, several officers and investigators, other uh, people helping with the investigation there, kind of trying to figure out exactly what happened. Now, the biggest piece of information we got there was that the truck was in the intersection. The truck was in the intersection and uh, Zablocki was asked after his statements by one of the reporters what more they can say about that. It's too early in the investigation to make any determinations in that regard. Uh, as I mentioned, um, we want to answer the question of why and how that truck was in, in, truck was in the intersection. Um, there are a number of aspects of, of uh, investigation that are underway, as I mentioned earlier, uh, from environmental to human element to mechanical. Um, there are a lot of unanswered questions, and our investigators are committed to providing those answers, and we expect to provide those answers by the conclusion of this investigation. Do a proper investigation and then tell us what you know. By the way, they got what, uh, I can't remember the exact name, but essentially the black boxes. You know, when there's a plane crash, they get the black box that sort of says, you know, how high was the plane, what might have happened. They got the black boxes out of both the truck and the bus, and that's part of the investigation. So we will find out. Global News at 1.30 with Tristan Field-Jones is next. Thank you very much, TFJ. Coming up on 1.33 at CJOB. You know, we're all excited, of course. The Jets could wrap up the first round of the playoffs uh, tomorrow night. Big party planned for in the arena and outside. But don't forget about the Moose, right? The Moose start their playoff run this weekend. And we'll talk more about that a little later on. Right now, let's see what the city has planned. We're talking about... Uh, Cleaning up around the city and the province today, again, talked about it yesterday, backed on it again today. And Cheryl Anderson, the acting manager of City Street Maintenance, joins us on the phone now. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. Thank you for doing this. So um, let me ask you kind of a silly first question. Do you guys get excited about cleaning up uh, after the winter as well? Yes, we do. We're always excited that the weather's turning favorable and warmer, and we're excited to get those streets cleaned and ready for for our wonderful weather in Winnipeg. And I understand that happens this weekend, or the beginning of it starts this weekend. Yep, we start on April 22nd, that's Sunday in the, in the night. We're going to have crews out starting their cleaning. So Sunday, not overnight Saturday, Sunday, but Sunday night into Monday. That's right. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. And it's Earth Day, so I mean that's also apropos. It is. Are uh, you going to have signs up in residential areas, or uh, tell us how this is going to happen and, and in what order? Yeah, we a lot of times in the in the nights we will sweep our our regional system. So there are some streets that won't be signed, but generally during the day there'll be a temporary no parking sign put on your street, and it'll have the day that we're we will be sweeping that street. So we ask people not to park on the street so that we can be cost effective on cleaning it. 
and you'll kind of be going at everything right off the hop, or will you start with the major thoroughfares and then move into the side streets, or how's it going to roll out? No, we'll be starting with the side streets on them Monday. And, uh, yeah, it's if your street, if you see signs go up on the weekend, that's why why the signs are going up is we will be sweeping the street. Okay. How long is it going to take start to finish? This program generally takes five to six weeks. It depends on how much debris is on the road and how hard it is to pick up. And what does it involve? Obviously, it involves street sweepers. Maybe just tell us, uh, you know, uh, let's dig a little deeper into the cleanup here. What all happens uh, in what's part of the cleanup? Yeah, well, we have the sweepers for the streets, and generally there's some tandem trucks with them to carry the debris away. Uh, we have um, uh, some sidewalk piles with brooms on them that will sweep the sidewalks. We also have some some hand labor that is uh, they're out brushing, uh, flushing down the medians, cleaning them off, and there'll be some ag tractors with some sweepers on them also. Um, we're hearing from some Winnipeggers that because of, uh, you know, the ban on, on patio smoking, that they're seeing already more cigarette butts out there. Tim Brook, our Tim Brook is working on a story on that today. Uh, you might hear more on that from him, uh, as we go along and on the news tonight at six o'clock on television, on Global News Television. What can you tell us about that? Is that something that, uh, you're preparing for as well? You know, I... That's a good question. We don't, uh, they would, if it's in the gutter, we will sweep up the, the debris from that, um, but it will be something we will be looking at. Okay. And then the sidewalks in the, you know, say along Portage, that's up to the people in those buildings to kind of sweep the sidewalks or is that part of it as well? No, that's part of it as okay. well. We will be sweeping those sidewalks. All right, Cheryl, uh, I guess we'll just warn people that if there is a sign telling you not to park there, don't park there. You could be ticketed and towed, right? That's correct, and it really helps our operation go smoother when there are no parked cars there. Cheryl, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. No problem. Cheryl Anderson is the acting manager of City Street Maintenance, and uh, Sunday night, they get going. They will start on the residential streets, and it could take five, six weeks to kind of clean it all up. If you want to talk about the cleanup, any questions, any thoughts, by all means, 204-780-6868. You can call or text that number. Hal at cjob.com is my email. My inbox is always open. Uh, Getting a few text messages on a couple of things I wanted to mention here. We, of course, played Christian O'Mell's piece on the uh, dog poop business and how they're busy this time of the year. I got an email here from Jacob Hal. My black lab weighs 125 pounds. He poops more than two men. (laughs) Got a big yard and lots of poop. Good thing he's my best buddy. You know, Jacob, that is so true, right? They are our best friends. Like, you know, just imagine. How long would your best friend be your best friend if you pooped in your backyard all the time? Not very, you know, but we love them, right? We love them. These companies are great at what they do, though. They they really are. Like I said, I I had one of them, Scoopy-Doo, uh, Tracy and everybody over there, and they, they did a great job for me. That's not the one that Christian hung out with, though, by the way. Um, here is somebody else weighing in on the, uh, on the humble crash. Uh, such BS from the Mounties gave us a rehash of what we already know. If it weren't such a big media event, the case would already be wrapped up. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, Listen, 
as I said, I, I have no problem with the RCMP telling us nothing at this point or very little because I think the uh, investigation has to wrap up before we can, you know, start talking about this. I, I understand the desire to find out what went wrong, but I really do think, uh, listen, it's, uh, I overheard Julie Buckingham in the newsroom saying this, and she's absolutely right. It's like in this business that we're in as, re- as reporters and journalists and, and people on the radio and television, we like to get it first, but it's more important that we get it right. And I think that's uh, a really good uh, uh, way to look at this as well. We've got to get it right. And it could take weeks and it could take months. We don't know. Uh, we just have to uh, let the Mounties do their work. Uh, no name on this text message. Uh, it says, what is worse? An owner picks up the drippings and then dumps a plastic bag onto the road to be run over. Couldn't go the extra step. Oh, I see. When it comes to uh, cleaning up dog poop out there. Yeah, I mean, if you're picking it up, pick it up and take it home. It's your dog's poop. Don't put it on the road. I agree. Uh, Hal, enjoy your program. Regarding canine poop when walking dogs in our neighborhood, it's sad. People do not pick up their dog's droppings. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm well aware that uh, there are still people out there that uh, do not uh, clean up the poop. And you got to do that absolutely have to start doing that we're going to take a break here 140 20 to 2 we're going to come back here and uh we are going to hear from rob carver winnipeg police service on 420 and the big party coming up at whiteout way tomorrow night uh by the way uh, the nice weather on the weekend please uh, still find time to tune into Hal Anderson weekend Saturday and Sunday morning 6 to 9 a.m. Sunday's going to be kind of a big day for the show. There's the original 3, right? There's me, there's Savannah Pierce, and there's Austin Saragusa. These two fine young people uh took my hand. I said just trust me. Trust me where I'm going with this show. It's going to seem silly and kooky and nutty, but I think people will like it. And they grabbed my hand and they followed me and they've been fantastic. We're losing one of the original three, Austin Saragusa. Now, let me just quickly say he's not really leaving. He's going over to the television side. You'll still hear him on CJOB, but he is going to become part. He's going to be a video journalist over at uh, Global News Television. And we're very excited for this young lad. And so it'll be his last day on Sunday as part of Hal Anderson Weekends and as part of the crew here at CGOB. So we wanted to kind of make it a big deal. So please tune in Sunday. we got some very special stuff happening, and Austin's just a great guy, and he's one of the original three, and we're going to miss him. But like I said, we're not going to miss him for long because he's basically going to be bugging us every day, and he'll be on the radio every day. But please tune in this weekend, especially on Sunday, though. I know the weather's going to be nice. I know you're going to want to get out there, but uh, I'd appreciate it if you'd tune in and let's send Austin off in style, please. Kevin gave us a call during the break there talking about getting rid of dog poop, and I wanted to play back Kevin's advice because I think it's good. I grew up on my grandfather's farm. I had a wolf, you know, around uh, as a pet, um, dogs around my whole life. Now, I don't know if you do this, but you started doing this when I was like 11 or 12 years old in the winter time. Pick up your dog's poop in the winter. And you're outside, it's frozen, there's no mess. It starts to thaw out, you have no mess in your yard, no stench, everything else. 
Do you do that? I don't do that, but I agree. It probably is a better way to do it. You're picking up the poop when it's frozen, and then you don't have that big mess in the spring. But uh, I know most people don't do it that way, but you make a good point. It's unbelievable, and the difference that it makes in your yard, Not let alone the pleasant smell that's yeah. not there <laughs> when it starts getting out yeah. like this. That is Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Good advice, but... I don't think most people do it that way. I think they go, ah, I'll deal with it in the spring, and then yikes. And we're talking about this because it's nice weather, and people are cleaning up, and our Christian O'Mel went out and hung out with one of the companies that cleans up dog poops and uh, dog poop in backyards, and that's why we're talking about it, if you missed his uh, very uh, entertaining report earlier. By the way, Sandy just sent in a text message, 204-780-6868. Hey, Al, you want to talk animal poop? I live in Birds Hill Park. Going for a walk down my road means encountering many large piles of horse poop. Oh, yuck. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, Sandy. Uh, 1.48, that is the time. Uh, Coming up, of course, at the top of the clock, Tristan Field-Jones and your 2 o'clock global news, and then your chance to win right after the news. $100 gift card for Kitchens Today, and then you're qualified to maybe win Hal's Kitchen, a $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens today. So hang on, that's coming up after the news here at 2 o'clock. So I got thinking, we've got uh, the big party, of course, happening with the Jets, the Whiteout Street Party, right? And it's expanded again. Now they say room for 15,000 people, room outside for as many people as there uh, will be inside for the game. So that's kind of exciting. But Friday is also... 420. So I thought we'd get Rob Carver on from the Winnipeg Police Service to talk about that. He joins us on the phone now. Good afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon, Hal. How are you? Great. Um, Any concerns about uh, the next big whiteout street party happening on 420? Um, you know, we were we were asked that yesterday as well by uh, by somebody because um, we were talking to. Uh, we're at a press conference with uh, True North and Economic Development in Winnipeg, and and we don't actually our our view of 420 has has really changed over the years, and, and I've been involved in quite a number of uh, of those events from a policing standpoint, and we used to have a lot of officers out there. Um, we would deploy around the legislative buildings, and we really had no role. Um, everybody's happy, and I know all the jokes that go along with that, but. Yeah. Um, we've really scaled back what we do. Uh, it, it's become really a non-event. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have a couple of officers, I'm sure, drive by. Uh, we we want to contain to that area, so um, you know we uh, we have some tolerance for that, and and we will have that tomorrow. Uh, that tolerance does not extend sort of throughout the whole city, and it certainly doesn't extend into. Uh, into the area where the whiteout party is going to be. So, uh, you know, the same, uh, the same rules that are always in place will be there. Uh, it, it's now, um, uh, you're now not allowed to smoke in uh, licensed premises uh, and, and patios, and that rule is, uh, is part of the whiteout party because it is a licensed premise, a, a street party. So uh, no type of smoking, including, uh, including marijuana, will be, uh, will be tolerated. We've got officers out there who... Uh, We'll be making sure everybody follows that rule. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that. My thought was, what if they bring 420 over to the Whiteout Street Party? It's sort of a family affair. But you're right, they legally uh, cannot 
smoke because that would be considered a patio uh, situation. Uh, it, it is, and uh, I know I, I've uh, worked a couple of those parties now, and um, uh, our officers are really good walking around just reminding people because I don't think that that's in any, everybody's mind yet. Mm-hmm. Reminding people that uh, they can't smoke, uh, they can't vape, and certainly we're not going to tolerate anybody uh, uh, with a... Uh, with marijuana smoking it uh, there either, um, you know it's a it's a, a situation where we've allowed it to happen at the ledge, uh, and and we've got a really good experience with the people who've been there. Uh, we're going to keep that in mind for tomorrow, but we don't we don't see the two um, uh, connecting at all the the, the street party and uh, and the four twenty. You mentioned the whiteout street party on whiteout way there that you worked a couple. They've been fun. Um, uh, they are fun. They're they're more fun, I think, if you're uh, if you're one of the participants as opposed to one of the people working. It's uh, it's a long uh, it's a long evening for our officers, uh, but it is a really great celebration. I've really never seen anything like it in Winnipeg, uh, and I was really excited to be there and be part of it. So uh, it, I felt it was an honor to work, and I think most of my fellow officers felt the same. And and you can just see, you can feel the enthusiasm and the excitement from everybody who's there. Rob, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Bye. Rob Carver, Winnipeg Police Service. And uh, Mike in Manitoba sent in a text while I was talking to Rob there, 204-780-6868. Hal, just think, if the city would combine the Whiteout Street Party on Whiteout Way and the 420 Party, it would really put the city on the global map in a good way. Well, listen, I understand this is all going to be legal very soon, but it is still going to be illegal to be on a patio or in an outdoor situation like the Whiteout Street Party on Whiteout Way to be smoking cigarettes or marijuana. Uh, You can't vape either. And this is a family event. So I just wanted to see if police were all concerned about the two, uh, you know, maybe... uh, combining in in some way that might bother people. But Rob Carver seems pretty confident that won't happen. Uh, He figures they'll stay at the ledge and uh, the the, uh, food trucks will stay at the ledge. When they get the munchies, they'll take care of all the 420 celebrants and there will be, uh, you know, vendors and big screen TVs and thousands of people over on Whiteout Way uh, outside Bell MTS Place. So looks like all will be fine tomorrow. And uh, I'm really excited now, just as a Winnipegger and a Manitoban, I'm excited now uh, to see this game on television and have, really, the world see how great Winnipeg is at throwing a party. Because I think we've proven over the years that we're great at it. This will be fantastic for people to be able to see 15,000 people outside, you know, and the weather will be nice. We always get such a bad rap about the weather. The weather's going to be nice. 15,000 people. Our hockey team is crazy good. Wrap up the series here. Wouldn't that be nice? Do it on Friday night. Do it tomorrow night. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Fantastic. And by the way, I mentioned this earlier. I'll mention it again right now. The moose. Don't forget about the moose. The last time they qualified for the postseason was back in 2011, so it's been a while for them. And uh, they made it to the second round before bowing out. Well, here we are seven years later, and the Moose are back in the playoffs. They take on Grand Rapids in the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs beginning Saturday at Bell MTS Place. That game goes at 2 p.m. 
The Moose will host the first two games before heading to Grand Rapids for the remainder of the best of five series. So there's lots of hockey. Jets tomorrow and then Moose Saturday and Sunday. Global News reporter Kevin Hirschfield talked to Nick Patan of the Moose about the playoffs. It's an exciting time, um, not just for myself, but teammates as well. And um, just excited to get it going. And um, obviously, I've had a you know successful, successful uh, playoff run in junior. And um, you know, looking back at those times, it's uh, it's a different animal in playoff time. So I think uh, it's gonna be exciting. How would you describe the Moose's season this year? You were back and forth a little bit as well, but the team started really strong, maybe ended not on the note that you guys would have liked, but how do you kind of view the season as a whole as you look back at it now? I think it helps us. I think uh, a little bit of adversity coming near the end of the season. Obviously, we know how to play and we know um, what to do in the playoffs, but um, I think it would be you know almost too perfect if we just had a, a great uh, overall season. You know, you need the ups, you need the downs, and I think it, it's going to help us. So best of luck to Nick and the rest of the Moose as they head into the playoffs. Go, Moose, go! Go, Jets, go! Go, Moose, go! You know, you got two teams here. And, you know, I kind of I wanted to mention that today because uh, they had a great year. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, tough playing in the shadow of the big NHL team, I think, right? There are certainly benefits to being here, but... We don't want to lose sight of the Moose in a great year that they've had and hopefully a long run to the Calder Cup in the playoffs for our Manitoba Moose. 156, TFJ has global news at 2 o'clock, and then you win with Hal Anderson on CJOB. Thank you, TFJ. 204, the show continues, and your chance to win now. $100 gift card for Kitchens Today. And if you win the gift card by answering our tough trivia question, you will qualify to win Hal's Kitchen, which is a $5,000 kitchen makeover from Kitchens Today. All right, so 100 bucks, and then you qualify for the big grand prize. If you can answer today's tough trivia question. All right. Mm. Gotta be careful here. I want to get a good one today. I had a terrible one the other day. Yesterday was really good. It was tough. Uh, it took a while for somebody to figure it out. All right, here we go. 40% of moms, 40% of moms say doing this every day helps them deal with the stress of parenting. What would that be? 40% of moms say doing this every day helps them deal with the stress of parenting. 204-780-6868, if you can answer our tough trivia question. By the way, speaking of stress and uh, uh, anxiety, we're going to talk with Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling after 2.30 about workplace anxiety and environmental anxiety. And thank you notes. Are they done? Used to be thank you notes were really important. Are they still important? We're going to talk about all that with Carolyn coming up after 2.30. All right, so let's go to the phone now and get an answer for our tough trivia question. 40% of moms say doing this every day helps them deal with the stress of parenting. What would that be? 204-780-6868. Hello. Exercising? Exercising. Good guess, but not the correct answer. Sorry. Hi, CJOB. Hey, Al. Hi. Uh, maybe venting about how bad your child is venting yes i have been known to vent a little bit myself i like your answer but it's not the correct one sorry icjob hi there hi 
Are you a mom? I am. Have you got a guess then? 40% of moms say doing this every day helps them deal with the stress of parenting. What is it? Uh, maybe screaming. <laughs> Does that help you? Uh, no, my child's perfect, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course your child's perfect. Thank you very much for the call. Hi, CJOB. Hi. Hi. Got a guess? Um, I do. Taking some time out for themselves and relaxing, having mm, a glass of wine. Yes. Oh, what did you say at the end? Having a glass of wine. 40% of moms say drinking wine. Every day helps them deal with the stress of parenting. You know what? I kind of think you threw that in at the end, you know? But you, you know, were. I was going to lead with that. But uh, were you? I thought, eh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get hammered every day to deal with the stress of my kids. That's what I do. <laughs> As they get older, sometimes you have to. Yes, I know. What is your name? <laughs> it's Patty. Patty, all right. You have uh, got that $100 gift card for kitchens today, and you are now in the running for Hal's Kitchen, which is a $5,000 kitchen makeover from oh, Kitchens wow. Today. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yes, yeah. All right, yeah. so I'm going to put you on hold here. And we'll get you all signed up. Thanks a lot, everybody, for for playing along. Uh, Now, we don't accept text message answers when we do tough trivia, but somebody texted in pray. Yes, prayer, I think, when you have kids is probably a pretty good idea. Um, You know, that's not a bad idea. Let's keep that going. What do you do uh, to help deal with the stress of parenting? 204-780-6868. Hal at CJOB. Dot com. And like I said, Carolyn Klassen coming up after 2.30, talking about workplace and environmental anxiety. What's, what's environmental anxiety? We'll find out. And thank you notes. Can't remember the last time I got a thank you note. Can't remember the last time I sent a thank you note. So maybe they are done. But should they be done? We'll find out. By the way, uh, other text messages coming in here, uh, getting some reaction to the RCMP news conference today on the humble crash, and we didn't learn much, and I didn't expect we would, but I think the Mounties felt like they had to sort of say, here's where we're at, and this could take weeks and months to figure it out. The texter says, regarding the humble crash, how devastating as it is, we need to remember that these two vehicles could have gone up in flames, but didn't. I drive truck and have been considering a dash cam for these types of situations, and yes, You want the RCMP info to be right. That's from Peter. You know, Peter, uh, the dash cam uh, idea, I have been thinking, well, I got one. I haven't put it in yet. Uh, I I think the dash cam is a nice, inexpensive way. You don't have to spend a bunch of money on these things. And, uh, you you know, if something does happen, you've uh, got evidence to kind of, uh, you know, show that you weren't in the wrong. And I think they're a good idea. I mentioned this earlier. The reason we see so much dash cam video on YouTube and stuff from Russia is because if it's not law there, it's uh, very close to law that uh, people have dash cams. So I think they're a good idea. I agree with you. Thanks for the uh, text message, Peter. And one more here from Ron before we take a break. Cal, I just want to address this. Don't think a lot of people realize it, but Manitoba is having a killer year in sports. Curling kicked butt. Uh, Bison basketball teams kicked butt. Both hockey teams in the playoffs. How much better could we possibly do in Manitoba? We're having a great year. A year like a year we have not had in many, many years. 
years. You're right, Ron. It's been a good year, and I think it's only going to get better. And you didn't even mention uh, the Bison hockey team. Uh, I don't think you did. Or maybe you did. I just erased your text message, so I'm not sure. But uh, keep the uh, text messages and phone calls and emails coming. 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. All right, quarter after 2, 2.15. Beautiful out there. It's going to keep getting better and better and better. I plan on getting the barbecue fired up on uh, Saturday, by the way. I'm going to do the show Saturday morning, and then I'm heading home, and I'm going to get the lawn furniture out, and I'm going to get the burger, or the uh, barbecue uh, ready, uh, because it's just that kind of weather. Got me going yesterday talking to Canada's uh, barbecue champ, John Thompson, and uh, Duck called in, and a bunch of other people called in with their rib recipes and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of in the mood, and I thought, well, we were talking to a barbecue champ yesterday, why don't we find out about barbecues and smokers today? And as far as I'm concerned, there's only one place to do that. Lux Barbecue. Evan Fogg joins us on the phone now. Hi, Evan. Hey, Al. How are you? Well, I'm great. I know you're going to be busy very soon if you're not already busy with this nice weather and nicer weather coming. People are going to want to upgrade to a new barbecue. Is there anything new and hot this year that people are wanting? Well, you know what? There's uh, there's all sorts of stuff. We uh, we're, we find more people are uh, you know it's not necessarily new. It's actually probably older, but more people are getting into the uh, the charcoal grilling and going back to you know to the ways of their grandparents and their parents cooking on charcoal. So it's nice to see the uh, the change. Oh, interesting. So kind of what's old is new again, eh? Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. There's uh, there's definitely some new techniques and some some new cookers to make it a little easier. Doesn't take quite as long to get going anymore, but uh, but people are starting to get into it. Tell me about it. Why is it quicker now? Well, you know, there's just uh, there's new there's new ways to light the charcoal. You know, you're not you're not using lighter fluid and, and letting it burn for half an hour anymore. There's there's air lighters and there's torches that you know that add oxygen to the fire as well. So you can you can get a charcoal grill going in in ten fifteen minutes easily. And it's a better way to cook too, right? The charcoals are are a little easier to control. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's. I always tell people when you're cooking on a gas grill, you know, what's adding flavor to your food is is the spices and the rubs and the sauces that you put on it. Whereas if you're cooking with charcoal, it's the charcoal that's adding flavor. You know, if you cook a steak over charcoal, it's going to taste better even without those spices and rubs. Right. And what about smokers? Are smokers still as popular as ever? Smokers are getting a lot more popular now. Um, you know, there's there's so many different varieties. It's something that I've seen, you know, in the States for so long now, um, and it's been so popular down south, but now it's starting to get up here, and people are getting into the big green eggs and the Traegers, and, you know, we're selling, we're selling a lot of pellet smokers, which are, you know, they're just as just as convenient as a gas grill, but you're actually cooking with wood. Um, so we're seeing a lot more people replacing their gas grills with those. And what are the prices like? What's it going to cost to get in on the ground floor on some of these different types of barbecue and smokers? You know, in a in a pellet grill, you're you're a Traeger. You're starting at about you know five hundred bucks, um, going up to three thousand. We we also have pellet grills for for four or five thousand dollars but you know we we recognize that those aren't for everybody um you know those are kind of for the seasoned vets that um a lot of the a lot of these guys take these to competitions and they're and they're they're wheeling them in and out of trailers every night so they're just built a little hardier right um but yeah you can you can get into smoking for a couple hundred bucks if you want to excellent well evan have a great season thanks a lot 
Thanks so much, Hal. Take care. Evan Fogg over at Lux Barbecue. Yeah, I, I, my barbecue's okay. I don't need to upgrade my barbecue, but, you know, I think my dad used to smoke uh, meat and stuff back in the day. He had these one of these little tiny kind of tin-looking things, and uh, he loved it. And I just was never into it. And I know it's cooked, but lots of times the meat comes out kind of pink, and it's just, I don't know, I'm kind of a well-done guy. I'm a little weird like that. But maybe with these, these new smokers, you know, maybe that's... Uh, Something I would enjoy. Oh, damn. Dave, I just got your text message now, and uh, Evan's gone, but Dave said, Hal, ask about pizza ovens and barbecues. I know that, um, who is it now? What's the local stone company? Uh, They have like a pizza oven thing that you can buy. Um, Barkman. Barkman has a, a pizza oven that you can buy. That is kind of nice, but I should have asked uh, Evan if they have any over at Lux. Um, I'm sure they do. They got everything there at Lux. Marge, by the way, back to our question. After we asked our trivia question, I said, what do you do, by the way, to deal with the stress of parenting? Marge says, how laughter is the best medicine. Uh, I relieve the stress of kids and other stuff by making a special effort to watch lots of comedy if I watch TV or go to a movie. That's a good one. Uh, Hal, I know my wife, what she did for the anxiety of raising kids, she went back to work, and I became a stay-at-home dad. That's Mike. Um, <laughs> I think this is a joke. Hal, in order to handle the stress of kids, I smoke some herbs daily. <laughs> I don't think so. Come on. Although it's going to be legal soon, so, hey, I guess maybe I better get used to it. Um, Getting some other text messages here that I will share with you. It's on another subject, so I'll share those with you uh, a little later on. But thank you for all your text messages today. I I appreciate them, but I much prefer a conversation. 204-780-6868. Did you hear about this woman in Florida? She found an opossum in her bedside table in her bedroom. And she didn't know what to do, so she called 911. And they have released the 911 tape of this woman in Florida calling uh, for help with this opossum. It's a a little rodent kind of looking thing. Take a listen. 911, where is your emergency? Okay, this is, I, I don't know how to explain this. I have a rodent. I'm a single woman. I'm 53 years old. I have a rodent. And I think it's a possum because I saw it in my house last night. And I have no idea how to get it out of my my nightstand in my bedroom. There's no men in my life. What? Okay, I don't know what okay, to do. Okay, hold on one second. What's gross. <laughs> Despite being stressed out about this rodent in her bedroom, the woman was able to stay fairly calm. So sorry. That's okay. Take a deep breath. Close your bedroom door. However, the woman and the dispatcher, through it all, were able to keep their sense of humor. The one time that I would want a man to be in my life is right now. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I do with him with the others? <laughs> Four days. <laughs> Ouch. Did you hear that? It's kind of hard to understand what they were saying, but she says, I don't have a man around. I wish he was around today, but then what do you do with the guy the other four days? 
Wow. And they're both laughing. Even the dispatcher's laughing. Anyhow, they were able to get the rodent and get it the heck out of there. Bob says, 204-780-6868. Bob says, I bought a locally built bulldog barbecue smoker, Hal, from Lux a couple years ago. Love it. Good to know. Uh, keep the uh, barbecue and smoker text messages coming, phone calls, emails, hal at cjob.com, whatever you want. They uh, announced today that there will be no charges laid in the death of Prince. Two years after Prince died of an accidental fentanyl overdose, Carver County Attorney Mark Metz said the musician thought he was taking Vicodin to manage pain. Prince took counterfeit Vicodin containing fentanyl on or about April 21, 2016. Investigators were unable to find the source of the illicit pills, so Met said there is not enough evidence to charge anyone with a crime. A doctor who prescribed Percocet for Prince agreed to pay $30,000 to settle charges he wrote the script in the name of Prince's bodyguard. Aaron Katursky, ABC News. And by the way, I mention that here because we will head to the news with a bit of Prince in just a moment. Let's go to Today in History, some interesting stuff. On this day, 1775, the American Revolutionary War began with the battles of Lexington and Concord. The first Boston Marathon was run on this day in 1897. Actress Grace Kelly, on this day in 1956, married Monaco's Prince Rainier. In 61, the Federal Communications Commission authorized regular FM stereo broadcasting to begin June 1st, 1961. That's kind of a big deal. Worked many years in FM radio. Uh, Another song that was number one on this day in 1980, Call Me by Blondie, peaked at number one. NASA named Sally Ride, the first woman astronaut on this day in 1982. I'll skip over 1986 and I'll come back to that. 1988, Sonny Bono, inaugurated as the mayor of Palm Springs in California. In 1993, the Branch Davidian compound near Waco, Texas, burned to the ground on this day. Rodney King in 94 was given $3.8 million in compensation for his police beating. And on this day in 1986, Prince's song, Kiss, Peaked at number one as we head to the news. Hal on CJOB. Thank you very much, TFJ. 
2.33. Is it Thursday? Let me check. Yes, it's Thursday. Oh, that means that Carolyn Klassen is here from Connexus Counseling. Hello, Carolyn. Of course it's Thursday. Yes, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Did you hear what I did to Dr. Cyrus uh, last Friday? No, no, I didn't. So uh, I can't remember what it was. I was trying to find something. There was a big scramble. The boss needed something, and I'm trying to find it during the news at 2.30 because he's on. uh, He won't be here tomorrow, by the way. He's off tomorrow, but Friday's at 2.30. So I come out. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? I do the same with Dr. Cyrus until the news ends, the music comes on, and I go, oops. So on the air, I had to say... Uh, TFJ, would you go get Dr. Cyrus? I forgot to get Dr. (laughs) Cyrus. So that's pretty bad when the host forgets about his guest, right? So anyhow, I'm glad I did not forget about you today. Actually, I'm surprised stuff like that doesn't happen more often. Oh, it it does. It's just sometimes (laughs) we're able to hide it. I'm I'm one of these uh, here. I I don't, I like people coming behind the velvet rope, you know? (laughs) Hey, come on back here and see what a mess this is, you know? Well, I watch you, you know, before we go on air and I see you do about three things at once. And so the fact that you drop the ball occasionally, I think it's nice to know that we're all human. Thanks. Uh, Thank you. Would you like a thank you note for that? <laughs> We're talking about thank you notes today. Um, uh, I, I saw this story somewhere on, on the internet, and I said, well, it's kind of a good conversation because there was a time when thank you notes were a big deal. You did it, and especially if you got a gift, right, or sure. somebody did something really special for you. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I gave or got a thank you card or a thank you note. Well, it was interesting that you talked about this because we had this discussion in our house just last week. Really? Yes, because um, my son on spring break, he went and had this adventure where he was working at um, a downtown organization running um, some programming and uh, he was gone for a week and a half and he did some fundraising. And so I said, you got here are the thank you notes because I have a pile of thank you notes. Yep. I want you to write out thank you notes and and send them to people. And he says, like, can't I just, you know, send them an email? And Text I said, them or, yeah. I said, no, you may not. Yeah. They had trouble themselves to send in a check to support your adventure. And so we're going to trouble ourselves to send a thank you note. Good for you. Because you need to fuss a little bit when yeah. people do something. And um, there was much grumbling. Um, and he did it reluctantly, but I wanted him to learn about the importance of really acknowledging um, in a in a very concrete way when people have done something for you. Now, mm-hmm. having said that, mm-hmm. this is full disclosure here because I next week I will have been married for three years, and I got thank you notes so I could. Th- we asked people not to bring gifts for our wedding, but many people did not listen, and they were yeah. kind enough to um, give us gifts, and it was very kind. And I mm. ordered thank you notes, and I got. You know, I was all ready to send them, but the actual writing them out when you have five children and two jobs and yeah. like I could go on, right. they are still sitting in my drawer and I haven't sent those. So I believe in thank you notes, but I also believe that it's a lot of people have intentions to send them and don't mm-hmm. actually get around to sending them. And I would, I am one of those guilty parties. Yeah. yeah. I just got, uh, listen, uh, getting any kind of real, you know, hold it in your hand mail mm-hmm is unusual and i am lucky enough to still get some mail here my friend i said this earlier my uh my radio friend she's a, a listener friend uh donna cookout in selkirk she sent me a, a little birthday card which Aww. my picture on it she made the card and then mailed it to me and there is something kind of exciting about getting that but i i talked to her on the phone and i thanked her and that's you know she went to a lot of trouble to make that card and send that card to me not to mention it cost her whatever 50 or well, maybe it's even more than that now. I don't even know what it costs to send. That's how often I send mail. I don't even know what it costs anymore. But there is something nice about that. 
Well, and I think probably because it's getting so rare, I think it's important to do because it is a little bit of a fuss and it is an inconvenience and it means looking up an address and putting a stamp on it and getting to the mailbox, all of those steps. But what Mm -hmm. it is, is it's acknowledging another person and it really strengthens relationships. And I think what we're, what we recognize is in this world, often we're so busy, we look ways to cut corners. And so it's easy to not send a thank you note and maybe thank them the next time you see them. And I think mm-hmm. gratitude in any format is great. Yeah. But I have a file of thank you notes. When people send me a thank mm-hmm. you note, it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. You can darn sure I'm going to save it yes. because it's a beautiful thing and it's lovely to be remembered and thought of and to have your efforts mm-hmm. acknowledged. And I think when we do that, it matters. And I think it, it often – I don't think it's – we need to not do it as a manipulative thing. I'll do something nice for you and somehow it's going to mm-hmm. come back to me. But yeah. so often we find that when we see others and we let them know they matter and what they've done matters, that it does come back. Um, pe- people hear about it and they remember it. And years later when you're asking for a favor, there's goodwill there and it come, often sort of returns full circle. Mm-hmm. Do you think it means more when it's an actual written out note? You know, thank yous, I don't know, thank yous are kind of, I, I kind of think, thank yous in a lot of ways are are not what they once were. And this is another example of it. I I don't think we thank people properly anymore for things they do for us. Truly, right? I think we need to acknowledge and figure out what we need to do to up our game in terms Mm. of gratitude to others. I also think we need to figure out how we can do it so that we actually do it. Because me ordering thank you notes and them still being in the drawer means that it that that wasn't realistic, right? Yeah. Uh, given that time, and so what I've tried to do since is honor and acknowledge when I see people, uh, because I think s- thank you in some form is better than no thank you at all. And yeah. so there are times when I will settle for an email thank you because I know that I'm not actually going to get to the paper and pencil one. Mm-hmm. But there are times I have I try to do what I can to make it easier. So we have a stockpile of stamps. We have the on the thank you cards. Yeah. We try to make it easier to get to to make a little less distance between me and the mailbox, yeah. right? So that we can get those thank you notes out. Right. But I'll tell you the thing that you sent me about thank you notes. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes it was tradition of if I give a gift, I better get a thank you and you owe me a thank you because I have given you a gift. And I think when it's a transaction like that, then it starts to feel manipulative and people don't like sending thank you notes because they better. And if they don't, that that other person's going to be resentful. Right. I think the idea of a gift is it's a gift. You give it freely without the expectation you get something in return. And the giving of the gift is the gift itself for you. Uh, And if you get a thank you, that's a bonus. But to expect a thank you because you've given a gift... That uh, that's often where the thank you that yeah. where resentment develops. Mm-hmm. Here here's the line you're talking about the comment uh, the quote from somebody on that side. Uh, the person said, "I spent the time, money, energy to buy you a gift and go to your shower. The least you can do is write me a thank you note." And when you hear that, you go, "The hell with you." <laughs> That doesn't. That now it's now it's an obligation yeah. rather than a, a gift in return, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think we have to measure that. And I I remember being at a baby shower years ago for when when I had a baby, and the the hostess at the very beginning said, "You have a newborn. You are busy." An additional gift we are all giving to you is that you are not allowed to write us a thank you note in mm-hmm. return because we know that you're busy and you can thank us at the end and that will be thank sufficient thank you. And that actually was an extra gift to me because it is trying difficult when you're busy and yeah. you're tired as a new mom to figure out when you're going to write thank you notes. Mm-hmm. That was an additional gift that people re- released me from the expectation that I had to write a thank you note as a form of gratitude. Mm-hmm. I think that's one extra layer of generosity.
Hey, before we take a break here and talk about uh, workplace and environmental anxiety and other stuff, let me ask you a question. We talk about apologies and there's a proper way to make an apology. Is there a proper way to say thank you? Not necessarily a note in note form, but, you know, I think it's important that a thank you be genuine, right? Right. I think a thank you... I think a thank you is best when there is a level of feeling in the thank you, when there's empathy and understanding, where you have an awareness and an understanding that the other person went out and you acknowledge, right? I know you're busy, Mm. and yet you still found time to find me the perfect card that said the right thing, and so I really appreciate that. And then you also give the person the gift of of. You give them the gift of how you are grateful for it, right? I received it on a day where the note meant especially much, or I can I, I put it on my shelf and I see it every time I walk by and I just have warm feelings when I think about you. So when there's a way where you can acknowledge the impact of the gift so that mm-hmm. they know that their gift has a positive impact on your life, I think that makes for a good thank you. Carolyn Klassen is here from Connexus Counseling coming up on 242, just about quarter to three. We will be right back. This is Hal on CJOB. Uh, Carolyn Klassen is here from Connexus Counseling. Before we move on to uh, workplace and environmental anxiety, Jacob sent in a text message here. Hal, I had to go on EI for a month back in the day. When I went back to work, I sent a thank you note in with my last report. So isn't that nice? Jacob thanked EI. Isn't that funny? That's funny. And then somebody else saying, Hal, I just sent a thank you card two weeks ago. So it certainly happens, but it just doesn't happen as much as it used to, I don't think. And I think um, the, the in this day and age, the kinder and gentler and more grateful we can be with each other, um, I think we need that moving forward because there's so much that's pulling us apart and having us notice the differences. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do things that draw each other together. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to en- environmental anxiety in a moment, but let's talk about workplace anxiety. Jeff Currier and I were talking a bit about this when I was on the, the tail end of his show, Teeing Up My Show. And uh, I guess it doesn't really matter what your job is. Uh, whether it's, you know, you got 17 people lined up for a burger or you're running a, a, a top, you know, a, 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 one of the big companies, you have anxiety at work. I think you, there's no way getting around it. Well, and I think anxiety, there is a place for anxiety. And sometimes we label anxiety as only a bad thing. And I think we have to recognize that that anxiety at the right level is a profound motivator. We feel our feelings because our feelings help us move forward in the world in ways that are helpful. So when my stomach growls and feels kind of hollow in my belly, that's Mm. probably a good sign I should eat, right? Um, And when my throat is dry and I look across and that glass of water looks really good, that's probably a sign that I'm thirsty. Well, feeling those feelings help me stay alive and healthy. And anxious feelings actually do the same sorts of things, Mm. right? When you know that you have a deadline for Friday and you're feeling kind of anxious about it, that helps you sit down and get down to that project so that it can be done, maybe even on Thursday so you have a day to check it over and make sure it's good quality. Mm. There's a place for anxiety in the workplace because when you notice there's 17 people lined up for a burger and you get a little anxious about it, you might pick up the pace so that you can get those customers served in in a time that your boss is going to be satisfied with. Mm -hmm. So there's a place for anxiety because it gives us energy and it motivates us to help get the job done done without anxiety, without that feeling, there's nothing sort of motivating us and pushing us forward to make sure that we can do a job that we feel good about. Mm. Here's the problem, I think, though. Uh, Everybody has a different level of anxiety, right, where it motivates them and then it crosses that line and it becomes a problem. Everybody has a different level and managers, supervisors expect different things 
from their staff. So one person might go, I'm overwhelmed. The next person goes, give me more. And then that's where, you know, when you're dealing with a manager, uh, how, how do you figure all that out? Well, you're right. Moderate levels of anxiety, they can facilitate and drive performance. Low levels and very high levels, both of those can decrease performance. Mm. And I think sometimes managers don't recognize that when they're relating to their employees, they can help people go into the sweet zone of anxiety or they can actually push them into high anxiety and actually decrease the performance of their employees. And I think it's helpful for employers to recognize the effect of different management styles on different people and to recognize different people operate well under different circumstances. And uh, I'm in the people business, right? Yeah. Relationships are my jam. That's what I do for a living. And so I you have- You get cards made like that. You should get cards <laughs> say, relationships are my jam. <laughs> So when I have an intern that works for me or yeah. a, new, a new therapist starts working for me, I'll check in with them about how do you best receive feedback? How can I help you be successful? If I, if, you were, if I was relating to you in a way that didn't feel successful, how would you know and how would you tell me? So you want to try and understand them right off the hop so that you can be a better manager. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Right? No, that's great. Because as they are able to be in their sweet spot of good motivation and in their optimum performance window... I want to help them stay there and I want to know what moves them out so that I can help them stay in that optimum zone because when they're successful, we are all successful. Mm-hmm. So, but what do you do if your company and your manager doesn't do that? Do you go to them as an employee and say, hey, just so you know, I'm dealing with too much, uh, you know, stress right now. Here's a great way to help me or like, do you go to them or do you then be seen as sort of this, come on, who are you coming in here and telling me this is how I need to deal with you? What I, what you've done, I think is great. Well, I, and I think there's something about self-advocacy, self-advocacy where we give ourselves permission to say, if you want more out of me, this is, I'm going to teach you. This is going to be a gift I'm going to give you. Mm. And let's face it, not everybody's going to receive that well. I get that, right? And so in an ideal world, we can go around and we can let each other know what we need to be successful and we can all make this world a better place because we've coached each other on that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of environments where that's not welcome and then the responsibility comes, how can I do things internally to decrease my anxiety in this workplace? What can I do that can help me be able to talk myself off the ledge so that I can be in a better zone to be able to do good work? Uh, And sometimes... We create our own anxiety without we, – we sort of – we decide what the boss is thinking and we decide what the boss is wanting us to do without us actually checking in with the boss. Sometimes mm. we tell ourselves stories about the workplace that increase our own anxiety mm-hmm. um, where we expect more of ourselves than what the boss expects out of us, for example. And so I think it's helpful for us to to check in with ourselves about what are we doing to create this anxiety and what can we do to take care of ourselves so that – we bring our anxiety within acceptable limits. And there are times when people put pressure on us that's beyond what's reasonable. Uh, People expect more out of us than what we can deliver. And then we have to decide what are we going to do about living in this situation? Mm -hmm. Are we going to accept that we are going to do an inadequate job according to somebody else's standards and just do what we can do? Or do we look for another job? Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. I mean, you try to figure out a path that gets you to the other end. But if you can't, then, yeah, you have to say, well, maybe this involves me looking for another opportunity. 
It's about drawing boundaries, figuring out what's okay and what's not okay, and figuring out how to move within the system. And then when that doesn't work, saying, what do I need to do? Do I need to change the system? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So from workplace uh, anxiety now to environmental anxiety, and here's the headline on the story. Uh, millennials experiencing eco-anxiety. And anytime I read a story like this, I kind of feel bad for millennials. I, I feel like sometimes, you know, uh, well, I just do. and I had so, But then I read the story and I thought, yeah, maybe there's something to this. Basically, 92% of people, of, of millennials, are worried about the future of our planet. But they have grown up hearing nothing except our planet's in trouble, the environment, blah, blah, blah. When I was growing up, when I was that age, I didn't hear much of that. And now that's all they hear. So I get it. They're worried about the planet. Well, and what I think is the other thing about millennials is they're going to be around longer than people who are older than they are, right? right. And so if, if these are their problems, these they're are their have to problems yeah. in very real ways, right? And so I think they have a greater awareness and a greater concern than people that are older because the people that are older aren't going to be around for some of these. And I think it's helpful for. I think it's 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 appropriate for us to because we have feelings that help mm. us move towards what we need to be able to do when we're feeling anxiety about climate change it's because there's some real problems about climate change and there's also a recognition that there are some powerful players in this world that aren't responding to climate change in a way that says we're going to make the world a better planet and so there mm. is some concern that's a justified concern. Yeah. I don't have the uh I don't have we're almost out of time but I did want to put this out there Chris Pratt of course uh he uh was he on the Avengers movie? Was it Chris Pratt in the Avengers movie? Anyhow, he's a star and him and his wife have broke up and and they're talking about how they stay friends and raise their kids and and uh you know just talk a little bit about uh, how how that happens. It seems like they're doing it. Um but it has to be difficult. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this before. What what's some what's some good advice for a, a family, a couple that are going through tough times like that, a divorce, they have kids. How do, how do you how do you manage that? Okay, now that's a sharp right turn that we well, just no, took. Well, no, I know it is. I know <laughs> we don't have much time here, but just uh, if if you don't want it, we can save it for another time. What I think it's important when you're thinking about divorce and kids is to know that it's really important to figure out how to put your big adult pants on and how to relate in ways that are good for the kids, and right. that. That's so easy to that say. That should be the priority. And so hard to yeah. do, but you have to get therapy. You have to talk to friends. You have to talk to lawyers and psychologists. You have to figure mm. out how to mitigate the circumstances so that the children are shielded from the worst of the crap, and you figure out how to create a good life for your kids. Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling. Thank you very much. Talk to you next Thursday. The news at 3 is next. Thank you, TFJ 306. Thursday afternoon. How you doing? Thanks a lot for uh, spending some time with us. Really appreciate that. A new report says cesarean section rates in Canada are continuing to rise, even while the rate of hospital births is declining. The Canadian Institute for Health Information says there were more than 103,000 C-sections last year, making them the most common inpatient surgical procedure in the country. The report also shows that giving birth was the most common reason for hospitalization in Canada. More than 366,000 admissions were due to childbirth in 2016-17. However, the hospital birth rate continued to decline. From 112 births per 10,000 population in 2007-08 to 102 per 10,000 
1617. Overall, births in Canadian hospitals performed by C-section rose to 28.2% in 1617 from 26.7% in 0708. C-section rates varied across the country. Here's the important part. Lots of numbers, but here's the important part. C-section rates varied across the country. From 35% of births in B.C. and 30% in Newfoundland and Labrador, those are at the high end, to 18% in the Northwest Territories and 23% both here in Manitoba and in Saskatchewan. Joining us on the phone now to talk about this is Dr. Mary Jane Seeger. She is with the WRHA. Uh, Let me just uh, make sure uh, I get this right. She is the Medical Director of Women's Health at the WRHA, and uh, she joins us on the phone now. Good afternoon, Dr. Seeger. Hi. Hi, thank you for doing this. What do you make of this story? I've just read the numbers and the story in its entirety. Uh, We'll get to Manitoba in a second. What do you think is happening elsewhere in the country? Well, uh, yeah, the, the rest of the country is seeing a, a decrease in their birth rates, which we're not seeing here. We're actually seeing an increase for sure. And they're, they are seeing kind of a stable, higher cesarean section rate than we have, we have traditionally and continue to see here in Manitoba. Yeah. Unusual, though, isn't it, that birth rates are going down, but yet C-sections are going up? What does that say? Well, the birth rate is going down and the percent cesarean section rates are going up a bit. So, I mean, your numbers of cesarean sections are probably not an awful lot different. But, yeah, you're right. The the percentage is up a wee bit. Mm -hmm. And why are we seeing fewer C-sections here in Manitoba, yet our birth rate is going up? Well, again, we're seeing a a fairly stable percentage. So we will see more cesarean sections because our birth rate is going up. So you know, 20% of more numbers is, is a bit bigger. Um, and I'm not sure I know why we are. We we are a sort of a smaller, um, more compact group of obstetricians, meaning, meaning most of us are in Winnipeg or, or Brandon, uh, therefore kind of uh, have similar educational processes and consultation and discussion processes than maybe they do in a large uh, place like Ontario where they have quite a few more bigger centers all over where they have different practices. Are some doctors just more willing to book a C-section for a woman? That's a, I think that's a hard question. Um, I think if you look at the rates of the vaginal birth after cesarean section, we also have more people who are attempting vaginal deliveries after cesarean section than other places. But it's still a really, uh, it's not a, a great number. Like I, I would hope we would see more of that. And I think that's where you get into uh, physicians who are, not as willing to say the risk of this versus that is 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 um, uh, the one that you should be able to take. So the counseling process around things like repeat cesarean sections is probably a little bit different with different physicians. Mm-hmm. Because this is a major surgery, isn't it? Uh, it certainly is. People think it's just having a baby, but it's a major operation. Mm-hmm. Anything else that I should ask and, and you should comment on here before I let you go? Um, I guess the one thing that I was surprised at, I had always thought Manitoba had a higher, what we call operative vaginal delivery rate, so forceps and vacuums, and it didn't seem to show that, this this uh, set of data. Hmm. Um, and so and what that, does that say? I, I'm not sure, because usually a lower cesarean section rate goes with a slightly higher operative vaginal delivery rate, mm. because it, it's, you know, you get to those del- deliveries that you need to help out with. and. Right. 
some you can get out with a with a for, vacuum or forceps where others have to go to cesarean. So I'm not sure why that is. Perhaps we just have to look a little closer at the data. Interesting. Are more women maybe looking at other ways of having a child other than going to hospital? Um, there, well, I mean, we do, we have more active midwifery in Manitoba now, and we're seeing slightly increased numbers of deliveries outside of hospitals, either in birthing centers or at home. Um, but the numbers aren't huge, but they are growing. Dr. Seeger, thank you very much. You're quite welcome. That is Dr. Mary Jane Seeger at the WRHA. Uh, she joins us here this afternoon, Medical Director of Women's Health at the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority, Dr. Mary Jane Seeger. All right, we've got traffic here in a few minutes, but David's on the phone with a traffic tip for us, so let's get him on now. Hi, David. Hey, how's it going? Good. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, okay, so there's a stop train right now on Archibald in between Dawson Road and Marion, and it is completely at a stop. People are already turning around. Wow. And that's going basically northbound and southbound okay good yeah oh, sorry, we, I guess east, sorry, eastbound, westbound. yeah 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 uh i think the boys mackley and mcgarry had one of those uh, stopped right there this morning as well but thanks for letting us know david i appreciate it yeah no problem Al. Yeah. okay and we've been talking about barbecues and charcoals over gas and smokers and all that kind of stuff and ethan's on the phone wanting to talk about barbecues hi ethan what's up uh, hi hal hi. uh yeah i just uh, wanted to point out a really unique product that's built here in Manitoba. And it's actually a combination of a wood pellet smoker yeah. and a gas grill all built into one unit. Oh, cool. What's it called? Where's it at? So it's called a Black Earth Hybrid product. And uh, you can look at the website, blackearthgrills.com, or hmm. uh, Lux Barbecue on Kenniston actually has them. In okay, the well, that's who we talked to today. We talked to uh, Evan Fogg over at Lux Barbecue today. Oh, great. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. We'll send him over to get one. Thank you. All right, Ethan. Thank you very much. Always, uh, you know, we're talking about buying local this week. Nothing wrong with that. Local product. Let's plug it. Let's get it on the air. Uh, never a problem with that. Tell you what, let's take a break here. 313, we will check traffic and the weather forecast. The great news is it's beautiful outside. It is sunny, and we have hit our forecast high of 15. Who knows? Maybe we've even exceeded it. We'll check in just a bit. Traffic on the way to Hal Anderson on CJOB. 318, hey, Hal. Text message 204-780-6868. I heard you mention buying local products. Where can one buy local ground beef and chickens? Uh, I will just tell you this. Uh, we, because it's in our end of town, we get, uh, we don't buy a lot of uh, uh, ground beef and, and stuff, but we do get uh, chickens, and they're local, from Marcello on Meadowood, Marcello's, and they're huge. Like, they're massive big chickens. So that's what I can suggest. That's where we, but there's others, of course, but I'll just answer you with what I know. That's uh, certainly where I go. Marcello's over there on Meadowood. Great place. Really good stuff. Uh, Jeremy says, how that black earth grill made locally by a Hutterite colony near St. Agath, Crystal Springs Colony. Okay. Kind of thought maybe that might be what was happening there. Thank you very much. Uh, Another texter here. Hal went downtown. For sales, we're in the middle of NHL playoffs and promoting the city to the world. Every block, Hal, a panhandler, five deep per block in some places. Is there anything that can be done? This is a great city, but this is very embarrassing. Thank you. Um, 
We've talked before about the panhandling problem. I'm not sure there's much we can do other than, you know, if it's an aggressive panhandler. But I agree. It's uh, it's kind of unfortunate. I, I just, I, you know, I've never really heard of a solution to the problem. Other cities have the problem. I don't think we have it as bad here as other cities, but uh, I don't know what to tell you. If they're not aggressive, I don't think there's much we can do, but we'll see. Maybe somebody uh, will take on that problem because I agree it is a bit of a problem. To Wade Miller, uh, bomber president and CEO, you've been hearing in the news that the bombers turned a $2.8 million profit last year. He was on Mackling and McGarry this morning talking about this great news. Uh, very positive for sure. And, uh, you know, hard work by uh, all of our staff on and off the field. And, and more importantly, the support that we get from the community, our season ticket members and everybody that comes out to events at uh, Investors Group Field. You know, our attendance going up uh, 6% is, is a big uh, portion of that as well. Uh, hosting a home playoff game uh, doesn't hurt, and uh, some large major events at the stadium as well. And uh, in part, also bringing in the Manitoba Marathon last year was great. And uh, you know, just getting a great utilization of the stadium, and uh, you know, making sure all Manitobans get to use the stadium, and not just for Blue Bomber games. Uh, we we uh, are in a you know a tough uh, situation. Uh, to get uh, concerts uh, with the Canadian dollar the way it is, and, and the, just there's not the big st- uh, stadium touring acts that they used to be. So um, those are few and far between. So uh, when we get one like Guns N' Roses, we, we love it, and we uh, are always uh, looking for more of those opportunities. Bomber boss Wade Miller with Mackling and McGarry this morning. Hey, back to the panhandling uh, thing for a moment. The texter asked a question, is there anything that can be done? And I said, well, I don't think so. Somebody else texted in a good answer to that question. Yes, there is. Stop giving the money. Stop giving the money, and they probably will go away. And as we've said before, there are, uh, you know, there is help out there for people that need the help, and and maybe giving, you know, your loose change or whatever isn't the best approach. Certainly, it would probably uh, lessen the panhandling problem. Wade Miller. Back to Wade Miller. So uh, $2.8 million profit. That leaves the team in very good shape, according to Miller. Uh, we're in a very positive situation. We have an operating reserve. We have a um, that we uh, we have set aside. Um, you know, so uh, we're in a great situation. Our fans are amazing with the support. Um, you know, we keep building and enhancing on the game day experience. Uh, last year, we added uh, six viewing decks, uh, which we think uh, have really uh, really worked well. Um, you know, with the, the rapid transit station added last year, you know, you really saw our fans, um, you know, say transportation's figured out. Are we always going to work on improving it? Absolutely. Uh, but there was a noticeable difference last year of people buying tickets 24 hours up to the game uh, and not worried about how they were going to get to the stadium. So there's been a shift and we've seen it. And it was a start in 2017. We look forward to that continuing in 2018. Wade Miller. So the books look good. Now they just got to go out and win a great cup. That's all they got to do. It is 323. We'll check the forecast for you and sports and news on the way.